Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Stretch run of Grant and Danny. We are taking you up to 6.30 tonight as we are now five days away from Super Bowl 57. Last night, the action kicking off in Phoenix with Media Day. It's become Media Night primetime event. I didn't watch a minute of it, I will say. And as a kid, much younger, I probably would have. It's a wacky, weird thing where everyone's trying to get attention dollars and dressing up in crazy costumes. Someone's in like a chicken suit. And I just, it's no, no, thank you. It is no longer for me. It, there was a time in my life where I enjoyed it just fine. But I, I'm fine with it being a part. Like everyone always wants to get rid of stuff. Like, oh, let's just stop doing that. I don't think we need to stop doing it. I think there is a place for it at the Super Bowl. Shows some of the magnitude and the size and the scope of this thing. But in the meantime, I, I just, I don't need to watch it. You can keep doing it. It's just, not going to be something I partake in necessarily. But now we get into workouts, actual practices, game plan, installing your first 15 script. You know, all of those things that make this feel like a more normal, natural football week. And that's the part that's exciting, right? Because we have to wait that extra week. Well, understandable. You know, you're sort of building up the attention and the hype and things like that. I just, it's that Monday, that big media explosion is almost a big reminder that we have to wait an extra amount of time. It just, we're filling the gap because we're all so desperate for the news and for the game to arrive. And it's such a national event, right? That everybody's in on. But once you start getting down to the Wednesday, basically Wednesday is when we kind of do, okay, this is still just football, right? And it's the two best teams going at it. Let's go to the BetQL guest hotline. Get down to Radio Row in the Phoenix area of BetQL. Visit BetQL.com. Get you ready for the Super Bowl. Our guy Eric Eager of Sumer Sports joins us right now. He's the VP of Research and Development. So, Eric, I want to start with the Eagles. Where do they have the biggest advantages over Kansas City? To me, it's it's probably in the in the you know wide receiver versus defensive back. Although that was a you know was supposed to be an advantage for the Bengals last week as well. Uh, and I also think, you know, when you look at offensive and defensive line, uh, you know, how they match up against uh, Chiefs defensive and offensive line, respectively, uh, I think it's an advantage for the Eagles. It's not huge. I think the Chiefs are really good roster-wise, 1 through 53, but uh, those are advantages that the Eagles have. Eric, I, I hate doing this, this thing that I'm doing. I'm about to do it with you. Like, it's, it feels very like yelling sports talk. The bottom line is this, and I just make this, like, overarching point. I just feel like this entire thing is going to come down to if Kansas City can stop the Eagles' pass rush. Like, I think back a couple years ago when that line wasn't very good and they couldn't stop Tampa Bay. This Eagles' pass rush is all-time transcendent excellent. I think that's where the game is decided. I know it's oversimplifying, but I kind of can't escape that. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the thing is, is Mahomes is not sacked at even the rate that Jalen Hurts is. So, you know, when you look at, you know, they, they sacked Carson Wentz like nine times. They sacked... You know, some you know that was the most notable one, but they they've eaten against quarterbacks without the greatest pocket presence. I think that you know Mahomes is going to protect his offensive line. I think uh, you know the fact that the Chiefs have already had this song played uh, before, which was 
you know, they, they go into the Super Bowl with a mismatch at offensive line. Uh, I think that they're going to very much uh, be able to handle that. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a huge issue for them. Eric Eager joining us to break down the Super Bowl. Of course, 27 Pro Bowlers uh, having participated over the last several years in this game, and these two rosters are in no way short on talent. Uh, how about the GMs, though? If we go to the, the suite level of the stadium, Howie Roseman and Brett Veach have both done a really good job. What stands out to you about the way they've put these rosters together, the way they view roster construction? Uh, well, I think it's not even the view of roster construction. I think it's more of a, you know, what phase they are in their life. Um, you know, the, the, the Jalen Hurts, you know, he's a rookie contract quarterback. So you have all the benefits associated with that. So you're able to pile on, uh, you know, additional resources, um, you know, onto the other positions. Whereas the Chiefs, you know, they won their Super Bowl when, you know, Patrick Mahomes was on a rookie deal. They were able to spend money on Sammy Watkins, able to spend money on Frank Clark, uh, able to spend money on Tyron Matthew, you know, Tyreek Hill even. And now, you know, they're in a different place where their quarterback's making veteran money and they have to get rid of Tyron Matthew. They have to get rid of, you know, uh, you have to renegotiate Frank Clark. They have to get rid of Tyreek Hill. Um, I would say that the Eagles philosophically are a little bit more willing to move on from, you know, sunk costs. Uh, you know, like Jalen Rager and, and Carson Wentz and the Chiefs are, who still have Frank Clark on the roster, even though, um, you know, the most you know, post-trade hasn't been the greatest for him. Um, but I think, you know, it's not so much a philosophical difference as it is as, like, the quarterback life cycle. Uh, Eagles are on the rookie deal part of theirs, and, and the Chiefs are on the veteran deal part of theirs. Eric Eager with us here on Grant and Danny. One more for the Eagles here before we kind of talk something else big picture. Where's the biggest weakness right now? I mean, I remember that Washington game with, that they, when they lost, when everybody had the full complement and it was, you know, the Eagles still moved the ball. They turned it over a few times, but Washington kind of bullied them a little bit, and it felt like that may be the way to get them. Certainly that's not how Kansas City does it. Where are they most vulnerable in this game? I think it's when they get behind. Like you said, like the Washington game was the first game they trailed in the second half of any game this year. That happened in Week 10. Uh, you know, the following week was against Indy. They trailed for most of that game as well. Like, I think if Jalen Hurts has to drop back and throw on the, on the regular, they're going to be in a, a problem. I mean, he did not look healthy in the last game. Uh, he hasn't really looked healthy throwing the football for much uh, of the postseason. So, if, you know, if, if they're forced to throw the football um, with him from behind, I think that's going to be where they're most weak. Are there any questions left to answer for him? I mean, that, that sounds like maybe one is if everyone knows you're throwing it, you know, how does Hurts in this offense operate? I saw someone had a stat this week that they – it might have been Aaron Schatz, actually, from Football Outsiders, who said that the Eagles faced all of, I think, three top 12 passing defenses this year when Hertz was playing. Like, is that something that, that is a consideration for you know, his year, or, or did he put all the questions to bed already? Yeah, the Chiefs are, I believe, sixth this year in, in that adjusted yards for passes. That's allowed seventh overall in, in, in uh, yards allowed per play. Um, so they they certainly qualify, I think, as a top end defense. Um, and yeah, like that's the, the. I mean, I actually think that there aren't any more questions about Hurts. I think he is a classic churn and burn quarterback, where you know he's really good on his rookie deal. Um, you know, if you give him the extra money, you're going to see what happened with Wentz. You're going to see what happened with Goff. You're going to see what happened with Kyler Murray already. You're going to see what happens with almost every quarterback, except for the you know god tier guys like Mahomes and maybe Allen and guys like that, where. 
once you pay the guy that, that veteran money and you strip away some of the things that made him great, uh, it's not, it, life's going to get really fair. And, and I don't know if Hurts has done anything, in my opinion, um, you know, to, to uh, assuage that. You know, it's funny you say that because another thing about these two teams, and Eric Eager of Sumer Sports is with us here on Grant and Danny. You know, the Chiefs got Patrick Mahomes when they had Alex Smith starting, coming off a of Pro Bowl. You know, the Hurts go get uh, – the Eagles, rather, go get Hurts when they had Carson Wentz, who was perfectly fine as well. I mean, kind of speaks to what you're talking about at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, you know, Alex Smith led the league in passer rating the year that Mahomes was a rookie, and they still traded him, you know, for Kendall Fuller and a third-round pick. It's like, you know, Wentz at least, like, fell off a little bit, and that's what gave us hurt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lesson there, right? You draft a quarterback before you think you need one. Uh, even if you draft them high, it ends up working out. I, you know, this is just a league where if you can get talented guys on a rookie contract uh, and they show you anything, then the league will, the league will buy, you know, the, the teams will buy into that, right? And, and the Eagles are, you know, example number one with buying into, uh, you know, A.J. Brown and, you know, James Bradbury and, you know, Hassan Reddick. And they're able to just scaffold, you know, brilliant players around uh, their young quarterback. And, and, you know, I think, you know, teams, we, you know, we look at the Eagles and say, oh, they lucked into having Hurts. No, they had to draft Hurts, you know, and, and some teams don't have the guts to draft a guy when they already have a guy. Is Clyde edwards Lair going to be a factor in this game? I don't know. I have some, I have some pretty sharp, you know, people in the betting community that have texted me, hey, bet Clyde edwards Lair anytime touchdown and all this kind of stuff. And so I do think that there's a little bit, there's a chance that he'll play and he'll be, he'll contribute. And, you know, the last time, you know, they played a defense like this. It was uh, the Niners, and they had, you know, started Pacheco, but they played Edwards-Alaire, and Edwards-Alaire had a touchdown and, you know, made, made contributions. I'd be surprised, but, you know, we have seen McKinnon kind of fall off. They, they basically did the exact the opposite of what they did with McKinnon last year. They barely played McKinnon in the regular season, played him a ton in the playoffs. This year, they played him a ton all year, and then he's kind of not been as effective in the playoffs. Maybe Edwards-Alaire slides into that pass-catcher role that McKinnon has done, you know, for the nine touchdowns he scored this year. So uh, I could see him, be, you know, contributing. I just don't think he's a, that good of a running back. And, and, you know, I think Pacheco has been good enough to keep him on the bench. So it, he may be the answer, um, but give me a sneaky player that might impact this game for both teams. Oh, that's a good one. I think Noah Gray and Jody Fortson are the two backup tight ends for the Chiefs. I think one of them scores a touchdown this week. Uh, I think Noah Gray is fifth on the Chiefs in catches this year uh, as the backup tight end to Kelsey. Uh, and Jody Fortson, if not hurt, probably would have had, you know, five or six touchdowns this year. Like, I think those guys, you know, with the wide receiver injuries, are probably not going to play them every single snap. Uh, I do think that there's going to be a, a uh, uh, you know, a, a backup tight end that makes plays with Kansas City this week. Analytically, if you were as sharp as Eric Eager, we love having – on Grant and Danny's with Sumer Sports, formerly, and we were having him on of PFF, and we've known him for years, and always very sharp with the odds and, and sports betting questions. Uh, you look at the the value right now. What plays and what doesn't here as we get ready for the Super Bowl? Eagles one and a half point favorites, total at fifty and a half. Like, where do you think there's some value as you look at this game? I think it's on under. You know, so you're looking at fifty one or so. Now, uh, I will say this to your listeners: like, probably wait till Sunday to bet under because. A lot of people are betting the Super Bowl for the first time, and none of them are going to be- use their first bet on on under. Right? Get <laughs> Can you imagine being excited to bet a Super Bowl? And I go, can't wait to bet on Let's no points. Root for the under. Exactly. So I think if you get 51, 50 and a half, maybe even fifty, I would still bet under. 
you know, both, all four of the playoff games with these two teams have played this season have gone under. Um, and, you know, additionally, like, I think that like, both teams just play that way. The Eagles, when they get ahead, they run the football and they shorten the game. When the Chiefs, you know, if the Chiefs got ahead, I just don't think there's going to be effectiveness uh, out of out of Jalen Hurts enough, you know, to, to for them to score points. I think Andy, Andy Reid likes kind of keeping the other team in the game. Not necessarily, you know, he's blown, you know, three 18-point leads or more in the playoffs. Uh, he just is kind of a guy when he gets a lead, he kind of drags the game down a little bit. Um, so I just like, you know, both game scripts, I think, play to under here. I think Kansas City's got to force a turnover or two and maybe get a short field or, you know, kind of disrupt things for Philadelphia's offense to win this game. And they can, but I worry about them going up against that great Philadelphia offensive line. Break that matchup down for me. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, they, they're they're a lot better than they were in their last Super Bowl appearance on the O-line. They got Tooney, they got Humphrey, two of the best at their position. They have Trey Smith, who's a really good right guard. They, you know, the questions are the tackles. Orlando Brown is the franchise tag player. He has not been very good this year. He's been good against bad defenses, bad against good defenses. This is a good defense. So that's a mismatch. Uh, you know, Andrew Wiley's kind of a replacement-level right tackle. He, it may do with him over the past few years, but he was part of that offensive line that got abused in the Super Bowl. So I, I do think that's a mismatch. Um, I, I will say the last time they played a defensive line that was as you know, good as the Eagles, in my estimation, was the Niners, and they won by 21 and scored 44 points in that game. Uh, and they did a lot of chipping. They did a lot of that stuff. I think Andy Reid has a game plan in him to, to uh, pacify this offensive line that isn't particularly solid. What horses are you riding from uh, prop standpoints you know, you think could have a big game offensively? Like, I'm all over everything Travis Kelsey. Do you have a player for each team that you think could hit some overs? Yeah, I would say Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, your prop is for him is still below 40 receiving yards. That one's, that's one I like. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, McKinnon unders, as we talked about, I think are solid. Uh, you know, Hurts under passing yards, I think is a good one. Those are ones that I like. In terms of overall totals for this game, I know you mentioned that it's under. Is there anything that you you sort of I, I don't ask the name, but sort of what would you parlay that with? Like a couple of things that you feel really good about, under and what? Well, well, I think you you really want the alt market, right? So if you like the Eagles in the game, bet a minus six and a half, you know, at plus price. If you like the Chiefs, bet a minus six and a half plus price or minus two and a half plus price in both cases. Like if you want to create one of those same game parlays or something. I would, I would say, you know, the team that gets out ahead wins by a ton in this game, like much like the Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl that she's in, they lose 31-9 or something like that. Game goes under, uh, the winning team wins by a lot. I would not bet this game normal spread. I would, I would think about it, you know, in the alt market. I would think about trying to buy or sell. I would actually sell points uh, if you like the favorite. But it does sound like, to, we'll let you go on this one, Eric. It, it does sound like we've had a few guests on who are all over the Eagles and, and think Kansas City yeah. – you know, would be lucky basically to hang. You don't see it that way. You, you could see the Chiefs win in this game. Yeah, I think the point spread pretty pretty on. I, I don't I don't foresee them being. I don't consider them huge underdogs in this game. No. Eric, always a pleasure, buddy. Enjoy the game, man. Thanks for the time. Hey, thanks for having me on. Take care. See you, buddy. Summer Sports. Eric Eager here on Grant and Danny, joining us from Radio Row in Phoenix. Uh, I'm I'm with him though because when you see a line, Danny, like this, where it's a point and a half mm-hmm. here or there kind of feels pickamy, right? I mean, yeah. there, there's just no value in that. The only way you're, you're playing the overall winner in the game to me is part of a parlay. And if you want to put, say, you know, an Eagles cover with the under all of a sudden, now you get a little bit of a return. I think that as boring as it is, and I, 
I almost just don't bet unders. I'd rather not be mad every time a big play happens. I know. It's a, it's a weird feeling. It, it's it's definitely been the way that has worked more often in these playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I get it. And style of play for the Eagles, they run the ball so much, they take the air out of the football, and when they get a lead, they take the entire 40 seconds, they run the ball, and generally, they do it two or three times, and they get a first down, and they just stay on the field. They stop throwing. Ask A.J. Brown. Yeah. Ask Devontae Smith. Well, think they of the first game against Washington. Down. We all saw it, right? They got 24 points at the half, and they finished with 24 points. They were very content to just run the air out of the ball and get get on the bus to go to the airport. I mean, that that they're they're good enough to do that. Trust their defense a little bit. Yeah. So I tease this. I want to pay this off. The defensive end number mm-hmm. for a contract option being picked up at every position has come out, and defensive end is of interest to us because of Chase Young, obviously, here in Washington. So for those of you that aren't tracking, every single offseason, you have the option of picking up your rookie's fifth year of their deal after four years. So Chase Young's draft class this offseason is up. And in the first year, first 32 picks, if you take a player in the first round, after four years, you have a team option for a fifth year but the player, if you keep them for that fifth year uh, and they don't get to go to free agency, they get paid a huge sum of money. It's a big raise. So for Washington to keep Chase Young, we now know as of today, officially, what it would cost them to pick up his option. And this is a deadline coming up for the start of the league year for them this offseason that they have to decide whether or not they're going to basically agree to a one-year deal with Chase Young. $19 million, thousand dollars the third or excuse me fourth most expensive position quarterback number one makes sense right linebacker is number two that's weird i guess you know because that includes edge rushers and outside guys so imagine like jam and davis getting that so <laughs> this fifth year option not next year but the year after hard pass on that uh third is wide receiver 19-7 and then fourth is defensive end 19-7-2-7 so that means they would be agreeing to a one-year contract of almost $20 million for Chase Young. And I could tell you, I had talked to someone in the organization about a week ago about this, and I said, hey, based on all the hype and where you drafted him and you know everything you guys know so far, what's your thought? And they said, well, I would say it would be really difficult to do that. And it made me think they were leaning toward not picking it up. And this is someone, again, within the organization that had told me that. Now, when Ron Rivera and all his staff get together and meet, what does Ron think? What does Jack Del Rio think? Who knows? But as of this moment, I don't think you can do that. I certainly wouldn't. That doesn't preclude you from getting a deal done with him. It doesn't preclude you from, if he has a breakout season, kind of going back to the table with a, with a mea culpa. It'll probably cost you more. I mean, just think of the Giants and Daniel Jones, right? He was not part of the plan. He shouldn't have been, given what he did the first few seasons of his career. We're not trending in the right direction. Has a pretty solid year this year. Now, all of a sudden, we can have a conversation again. I, I think that's the way you'd have to approach this. When he was the defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young made $6.2 million against the cap. Mm-hmm. The next year, his sophomore year, so this was his really disappointing year into the injury, right? Yep. He made $7.8 million against the cap. Still a decent uh, amount of production for $7 million. Was a huge disappointment in, compared to what we were thinking about, but you're talking about 3% of your salary cap. This past season, okay, so this was the year that he almost missed in its entirety. They thought he'd be back weeks and weeks before he was. He just essentially redshirted for the season. 
you know, he was ready and prepared to play, but they kept pushing it back, pushing it back. He wasn't mentally uh, able to get on the field for whatever reason. He made $9.4 million against their cap this year. That number goes up in this coming fourth year, the final year of his rookie deal, to $10.99 million. So basically, he's $11 million against the cap, about 5% of their salary cap. You're talking about almost doubling that number next season if they pick up the fifth-year option. And to that, I would say you cannot do that. I'm not doing that. And it would be, if we weren't talking about that major knee injury, the delay, and everything kind of coming back, you might have a different feel for it. I, I but would to go me, as far as to say, by the way, you, you'd be picking it up having seen almost nothing from him that warrants it in two full years. And that's kind of my point here is if he had, if he had torn it up, terrible choice of words by me, if he'd been excellent before he injured himself last year, it would be a different story. But the last sample we had of him playing every down, he was not productive. Not, not even like not productive for a superstar. I mean, not productive, period. That's that's not the trajectory. That's not the I can't wait to pay you almost twenty million bucks and hope we get a long term deal done. Then you add in the injury factor. You just haven't seen it. This is one of those times where I think you have to risk letting him go into a walk. And it is a risk. And if he goes out, it and is seventeen sacks this year. You I don't have face. him under contract. Then you you made a mistake and it cost you money. But I think that's well worth it. Me too. It's, to it's me, a, this this is a process thing. It's a great problem to have. Right. It means that he is. Trending in the right direction, and then you have a player that can help you moving forward, which right now, we're not sure how good he's going to be post-injury. Uh, two things before we get out of here, both are basketball-related going into tonight. The first is LeBron James, a chance to break the all-time scoring record could happen this evening for LeBron. Of course, if it doesn't, then he's going to have to do it on Thursday against the Bucks. But the Lakers, 10 p.m. Eastern, TNT this evening, 36 points separating LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time scoring list in the NBA. $284 tickets, lowest you can get in for as of this morning on StubHub. Yeah, you need an oxygen mask up there to be that high. Uh, Just a testament to two things. One, LeBron James' excellence and the durability that he's demonstrated over these 20 years. And two, how many buckets Kareem poured in, man. (laughs) Like Like, the fact that LeBron scored basically 28 a game for 20 years and he's about to do it as a near 40-year-old. Outrageous. And you go back to the fact that Kareem was just throwing skyhooks in there for a long time. And then this other thing I saw on the way out here via Axios. You know what the Sacramento Kings do after every win? So at the top of their arena, Mm -hmm. okay, they shoot a 1,000-watt purple laser beam into the sky from their roof. That's right. It spawned from a a rallying cry where they say, light the beam, which is pretty cool, right? Mm -hmm. This thing is so bright that... Full-color laser equipment like this doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. It's the brightest full-color laser that we have on this planet. They had to get approval from the Federal Aviation Administration. Love it. To shoot this thing into the sky. The Kings have missed 16 straight postseasons, an NBA record. And every time they win now, they do this light-the-beam thing where people walk out of the arena and this purple light you can see from all over the city shoots up in the air. I think it's the coolest thing ever. Saw them light the beam after they beat the Rockets 140-120 on Monday. It's a great tradition. It's my favorite bit in sports. I absolutely love everything about it. It's so good. So my my new favorite thing is like all these teams that kick off games like uh, in Philly, you ding the bell or, you know, in, in Charlotte, you keep you hit the drum, you keep pounding. At the Legion Stadium where the Raiders play, someone lights the torch. I wanted something like this for the Commanders, but of course that would have been cool so they didn't do that. No, they couldn't do that. Um, But... 
This is my one seed right now. Lighting the beam. Light the beam. It's become shtick now. Like during the game, like they're up by one with like five minutes left, and someone's like, "Light the beam!" Like everyone gets overexcited. Is that, Is that a thing? A thing? Or are you I know I'm asking. That Is that what happens? No, that's a thing where the crowd the crowd will cheer as the game is ending. Like if they're up by you know ten. Oh, okay, that's yeah. great. Yeah, they're, they're up by ten in the fourth quarter. They'll they'll light the beam, light, light the, the beam, beam. and then it. the player of the game is the one that comes down and hits the button, it smashes the no, button, light the beam. Yeah, yes. This is the best. It's thing the best ever. bit in sports. I love it. Do you guys remember when the Wizards used to win games back in the day and they would play that victory song? It's like. You hear it 34 times a year. Let's make that our outro music from now on. The Silly Wizards victory music. Because people forgot what it sounded like. If they lead by 20, you're definitely not going to hear it. No. That's what I know about it. Linnell's got overtime next right here on The Fan. Thank you for coming. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.